God first his three-day prison. Our faith had been in vain. But now is Christ the risen, the risen, the risen. But now is Christ the risen. Good day. Welcome back to the Daily Bread Scripture Readings and Devotional Thoughts from uh, St. Paul Lutheran Church in Clarence Center. Hey, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. I'm Ray Kozak. I'm the pastor here at St. Paul's. Thanks for stopping in for a visit. We're going to read uh, Luke. We're, we skipped over Hebrews with uh, Holy Week. Um, we're back now in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And Jesus is making his appearance in his hometown. And so he's the hometown hero. Sort of. Well, let's check it out. Uh, let's pray that God would lead us and guide us uh, in, uh, as we read his word today. So let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for sending Jesus to, to be the one to save us for, uh, for this holy Easter season um, and for the, the time we get to spend with your word. Um, thank you that you uh, reveal yourself to us and speak to us through it. Uh, give, us, give us joy as we follow you today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so it starts off here. It says that Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. So a couple things here is that Jesus went to church, right? It's called synagogue, which was an invention uh, of the Jews during the time of exile when they couldn't go to the temple because they were in a different land. They were in, you know, Babylon. So they invented synagogue so that they could read God's word and pray. And so Jesus goes on the Sabbath day. That's what he does. And then it says he stood up to read. This was an unusual thing. This would be an honor uh, for, um, for a man to be chosen to read the scriptures and by this extension to explain or encourage, exhort from the scriptures. So Jesus is back in town and they've heard about him from other places so they invite him to do it. Verse 17, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. Probably this was just you know, they had lectionary readings in those days as well. There's a lot of evidence uh, that's it's very similar to the church's lectionary reading. Um, and so it was probably, this is the week for Isaiah, and he stands up to read it. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And then, interesting enough, he there's another line here, verse 19 is not from the same section of the book uh, of Isaiah. He skips um, to a different section and reads this, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, uh, which is up from three chapters previous. So what he omits is actually the day of vengeance of our God. So interestingly, uh, I wonder how Jesus read this. He probably, this is from, I believe, Psalm, or Isaiah 60, uh, 1. He probably says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed, that's the same word for christened, me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and so on. And then he, he takes out the judgment part and puts in, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In other words, saying that now is the time that God has shown grace to his people. This is uh, one of the servant songs. This is, everyone would know that this is the Messiah speaking here. Uh, so verse 20, he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. 
And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, he's announcing what, what you just read about the Messiah, the anointed one, that's me. And this is what I've come to do. And by the way, I just want to back up. Isn't it awesome that this is what Jesus has come to do? Uh, to, to us who are poor, especially poor in spirit, he has come to proclaim good news. Uh, to us who are captive, he comes to proclaim liberty. The prison doors will be opened. Uh, sight to the blind, freedom or liberty to the oppressed, and the, the Lord's favor. By the way, this is probably from hearkening back to the, that last line, hearkening back to the day of Jubilee, which uh, it's, it's complicated, uh, but basically the, it never was really carried out, but there was supposed to be this thing where the land in Israel was always belonging to the family. And uh, likely um, it, it, after 49 years, the 50th year, the year of Jubilee, the land was supposed to be restored to the to whoever's you know lineage it was uh, given to. It's an inheritance forever, and it wasn't supposed to be sold. And if it was sold, it was never like sold forever. It was sold for the time until the year of Jubilee. So, for instance, if you sell it a year after Jubilee and you got like 49 years to go, well, you get a lot of money for it. If you sell it a year before Jubilee, the idea was you don't get very much for it because you're really paying for the rent of the land. Um, so. Here, Jesus is saying, uh, he's come to restore um, the year of the Lord's favor. Is this year of setting, canceling all the debts, uh, putting back everything that is right, and making, um, bringing basically God's kingdom back to where, um, you know, to this place. All right, so a little complicated there, but it's, it's a great uh, thing to look at, and that's probably what Jesus is referring to. All right, so let's keep reading. Um, Verse 22, it says, All spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, really this probably should be, but they said, Is not this Joseph's son? So somehow they go from like, wow, he's saying amazing things to, yeah, but this is just Joseph's son. This is Mary's son. They start to question, who does Jesus think he is anyway? We know who he is. Verse 23, And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. In other words, like, okay, you've come to fix everything, but you're not perfect, Jesus. Like, you're just human, just like us. What, you know, why are you on your uppity old horse? And then, uh, it has this in red here, and I'm not sure that this is the words of Jesus or the words of the crowd. It says, what we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. Perhaps that is Jesus quoting what they're thinking or what they have said, or maybe this is the crowd themselves, the people there, saying, do, do here what we've heard you do somewhere else. Either way, it's the same point. He said to them, in verse 24, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land, and Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. Ooh, this hurts. Uh, these are foreigners and Jesus is reminding them that God had favor on foreigners in times past, in the days of Elijah. Uh, in fact, Elijah resuscitated, well, miracle story, resuscitated this widow's son. Uh, it's the story of resurrection, not like Jesus's, but 
in a sense, uh, coming back to life, he would die again, unlike Jesus. And verse 27, And there were many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. Oh, man. Again, Jesus is offending them. He's like, God had favor. The year of God's favor was, in this, those cases, uh, to the land of Sidon, uh, in the land of Syria. Remember, again, what you might not know. Naaman came, uh, this man, and he wanted to be healed. He heard that uh, the prophet in Israel could heal. And so he went to Elisha, and Elisha told him, All right, I'll heal you. Just go wash in uh, the Jordan River. I think it's, I forget the details. I can read it. But, and he's like, No, I'm not going to do that. He, he kind of wants to leave and say, Yeah, I'm too good for that. That's a stupid way to get healed. Just heal me. But Elisha told him, No, go wash in that river. And he's like, We got rivers in, you know, Syria. Nope, wash in that river. And so he did. He, he washes and comes out and he is cleansed. And again, this is a picture of, of, of baptism. So these two stories, the story of Elijah includes the story of resurrection and the story of Elisha includes the story of baptism, which is the application of Jesus' resurrection to us. All right, verse 28. I'll finish up the section. When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. It was not his time. Uh, wow. So anyway, that's the end of our story today. And we see uh, the words of Jesus here. Uh, these first words of Jesus, I just want to remind you, it's, it's pretty awesome uh, that Jesus he does not, he even sets aside the judgment, you know, in this citing from Isaiah, and he puts in here even more grace, uh, that he's come for the poor, that he's come for the captive, he's come for the blind, for the oppressed, and he's come to bring the Lord's favor to all of us. Uh, thanks be to God, Christ is risen, he's risen indeed, hallelujah, have a good day, we'll talk to y'all later, bye.